Hey everyone. Good morning. This is Andrea Wilker and I'm the host of the Sacred Hearth podcast. And I wanted to talk to you today a little bit about um, executive functioning issues and what they mean for me as someone who lives with them. And maybe if you have these too, um, maybe you know what I'm talking about. So one of the things I wanted to tell you is that for those of you who don't know me, because I know that this is my first uh, show here, this is a labor of love that I do. It is my podcast. I am a life coach and ordained minister in the Commonwealth of Virginia within the United States. And I'm also someone who has autism, PTSD, anxiety, depression, all kinds of different things. And so that gives me um, some lived experience. And I'm a big believer in speaking on lived experience rather than observed experience because those two things are different. So for me, I wanted to record this episode because, you know, sometimes you just need a win. You just need a win when everything is challenging you, when everything is up in the air. So. If you followed me on past episodes on other platforms and you've seen me, you know that I like documenting my health journey. I like talking to you uh, as listeners in the very real way that I do with regular people because you are regular people and life happens to all of us. And I think sometimes in the self-help community, we tend to ignore the fact that we are all human and we all go through things that are sometimes awful or detrimental. So with today's episode and talking about um, executive functioning and talking about, you know, if you're someone who is healthy, if you're a medical professional, I'm gonna ask you to pay attention to this episode. And I say that because this is something that a lot of uh, professionals, doctors, nurses, neurologists, all the people that we deal with in our healthcare setting, right? All of the amazing people out there. This is something that we deal with on a regular basis. And it's something that is difficult, it is challenging, it is hard. And it's not something that is easy. You know, a lot of people just assume if you have executive functioning problems, that you're lazy, that you are incompetent, that you don't want to be motivated, that you don't care about anything. And that is so far from the truth of the reality that we live in. It's so far from the truth because I care about a lot of things. You know, I care about doing my job, I care about my family, I care about my friends, I care about making sure I have a clean home. I care about making sure that I always look my best, but there are some times when I just don't. And it's because of executive functioning. So when you have a problem with executive functioning, it's because there are certain areas of your brain that control different functions. And executive functioning is things like, you know, planning an organization or concentrating or, managing your emotions and emotional regulation, 
or multitasking, problem solving. You know, maybe you forget to pay bills on time. Maybe you just know that you need to clean your house, but you can't. You know, or like you just can't get out of bed. And this goes beyond just not wanting to do something, okay? It's literally, if your life depended on it, you still probably wouldn't be able to do it. And I know that that sounds like a really far-fetched thing, but when you deal with executive functioning issues, you know exactly what I mean. Whether you want to do something that you enjoy or if it's a task that you don't like, you can't do either without some type of assistance. So when these things happen, you know, they affect our relationships, they affect our entire lives. They affect all those things that we as people love that make us who we are. You know, and sometimes it's caused by a brain injury like mine, or sometimes it's caused by a health condition, or maybe you've had a stroke, or maybe, you know, one of your patients has had a stroke, or maybe, you know, you might have a condition like ADHD or autism or OCD, you know, any of these conditions that have to do with your ability to stay and become motivated are affected and impacted by executive function issues. And when you look at the DSM-5, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, okay, you will see all these conditions that are associated with executive functioning. And the truth is, there are so many that we don't, I mean, it's so pervasive, it just gets into everything. So we're gonna be talking about that today. And I wanna be respectful of everyone's time. And I know that this is a live show, which is exciting. So thank you everyone for listening and coming in today. But you know, there's also a component of that's neurological, and we don't always consider that. I've worked with a lot of health providers. I have clients who are doctors, nurses, massage therapists. I have clients who are all across the board. And so I always explain to them, if you have people who are just, you know, struggling, like if you see that your patients are regularly late to their appointments, or if you see that your patient is struggling with day-to-day -day tasks like personal hygiene, washing their hair, brushing their teeth, changing their socks, changing their underwear, doing these things, we have this terrible stigma in the healthcare system that encourages us to believe that when things happen to people, bad things, or when we see someone doing something, we chalk it up to personality issues rather than actually attempting to understand that the direct cause might be biological or neurological or have to do with their mental health. You know, and sometimes even when you have dementia or Alzheimer's, you can be impacted severely. Your executive functioning can go out the window. You know, and sometimes just those things are really important to remember. So when you have symptoms, you know, if you're a person who lives with this, feel free to join me and talk about your experience because 
the more people that we can educate and bring awareness to these things that we live with, the more we will destigmatize us living with these things, the more that it will become a real, tangible condition that we live with. The more that we talk about it, the more that we educate, the more that we help people understand who we are, the more that we will be able to help those who cannot speak for themselves. The more that we can help those who cannot speak for themselves or whose voices are ignored, you know, that amplification is important. So when you have these symptoms, you know, you've heard me mention some of these earlier, but when we have these symptoms, sometimes it's things like we have trouble with emotional regulation. Sometimes we'll have trouble organizing or doing things. Like, for example, we might say, I need to get this project done for our, my boss, but we wait until the last minute to do it. How many of you out there procrastinate, right? Because procrastination is a whole thing. And if you're like me, you're a terrible yet proficient and amazing procrastinator because you have learned, and I'm just going to go out on the limb here, that maybe you work best at the last possible second. Because it's like all the self-doubt, all the cloudiness that's in your brain just leaves you. And you're able to focus extremely well for short periods of time like that. Okay, that is a symptom of executive functioning disorder. Now, I am not a mental health professional. I have worked in mental health, okay? I was a former uh, crisis de-escalation officer. I worked in a jail diversion program. I worked with different, uh, seven different counties in the state of Virginia. And I worked in a CIT center, which was for people specifically who were going through homicidal and suicidal ideations, okay? So we served a seven-county region, and I was one of those people in my community who not only dealt with mental health issues themselves, but advocated for others. And these are the things that I saw. So I want to talk to you about the symptoms. We've talked about them a little bit. For those joining me late, um, welcome. Thanks for coming. So, you know, you have trouble maybe staying organized or completing tasks or listening or paying attention. How many times is someone talking to you and you just zone out, right? You, you just like, like you see their lips are moving and you're just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at first, like you might be all in this conversation with them. You are like ready to go and you're like, yeah, this is, this is great. This is what, and then all of a sudden, about 30 second to 45 second, Mark, you just, something in your brain just clicks and you're like, I don't care. I can't do this. And you just kind of drift off and you get that same look that like the cat gets when they're chewing on something because they're bored, right? That is a symptom of executive functioning issues. You know, if you have short-term memory issues or, you know, you can't multitask or, you know, you are impulsive. Like how many of you do impulsive behaviors? How many of you, because we all do, right? How many of you are uh, emotional eaters or, you know, you're, you're sitting there and you're like, I'm just going to binge eat something because, you know, I've had a day and I just want some cookies and you don't stop yourself. Well, as much as executive functioning issues uh, cause a problem, I think personally from my lived experience, 
they're also the reason why we can't stop doing certain things either. So we also will have problems problem solving and learning new information because very often executive functioning problems are combined with something else. And sometimes, you know, it might cause you to have problems at work or at school or with friends or, you know, you'll have mood issues or maybe you just want to avoid stuff that is uncomfortable for you, which at first starts out like a great coping skill of self-care, but then it just morphs into this thing where you just avoid everything. And you can also lose your interest in activities and things that you used to enjoy. You know, we think sometimes people are depressed, but sometimes it's not depression. There are days, I promise you, uh, as someone who lives with depression, who's medicated for it, which, by the way, if you haven't yet, take your morning medication. Um, if you live with depression, you know that days you're depressed, you will have problems getting out of bed, have problems doing the things you need to do. Days your depression does not impact you, executive functioning is easier, but it's still not great. So how do you, as a patient, how do you as a person live with that? It's hard, right? And our doctors, what's the first thing they ever say? Lose weight. You'll feel better. Well, you know what? I'm 42 years old. Do you think if I could exercise my way through this, I would have by now? As someone, and for those of you out there who chuckle at that, I, I appreciate you and love you and you are my people. Because for those times that we go through those moments, right? We sit there and we're like, what the, f you know, why can we not do this? Like, we get told, oh, diet, exercise. We get told all these passive ways of fixing, quote, quote, fixing our issues. But, like, people are not looking at the right place to fix our issues. They think we're just being lazy. But, you know, if anyone knew me, like, <laughs> if anyone knew me, if people that knew me talked to my doctors, they would be like, yo, this is one of the most, like, together people we have met, and they are motivated like nobody's business. But if you saw their coffee table or their kitchen counter right now, you would understand that they don't get anything done. Like, I, I legitimately, if you are someone right now who feels really bad about who you are because you cannot clean your house, I'm going to tell you straight out. I have a coffee table and I'm staring at it right now and it is full of stuff I need to put away. I have no judgment for you, okay? Don't feel bad about it. Don't feel bad about it because we're going to talk about how to get through that. And we don't have a lot of time left today, but I want to just talk about this from a, a, you know, a medical perspective, okay? So we are going to talk about this on multiple episodes. If you are just joining me today for the first time, thank you so much. Definitely follow and subscribe um, because we will talk about associated topics with this again because it's really important, you know, and it's hard to get a diagnosis for executive functioning uh, because a lot of doctors just don't know. They're not educated. You know, unless you take a psych residency to obtain your medical license or unless you have spent a lot of time dealing with the brain and its associated conditions, you're not going to know. 
the amount of time that doctors get to spend on one particular thing in med school is not a lot. So, you know, you might have as a patient, which is terribly unfair to you, but you might be tasked with the option of educating your doctors. As hard as it is, you might have to be the one who says, okay, look, this is my problem. This is what I have. I want your help fixing it. Because how many of us have to advocate for ourselves? How many of us are the unheard people? How many of you out there know that when you go see your doctor, you're not going to be believed? You're not going to be heard. You're going to feel like you wasted your time. You're going to feel like, you know, you were not respected. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole thing. It's a whole set of expectations that you have in your brain that has been there because life has taught you that. So, you know, some treatment options are available if you do have this problem or if your patients have this problem. You know, you can try uh, therapy and it does work to an extent. Like there are some times where, especially if it is depression or if it's if it's an issue where you have avoidance like PTSD, which is why you don't want to do something, therapy can help you. But therapy is only going to get you so far if your brain itself is, I don't want to say broken, but, you know, if your brain is not chemically balanced or if if you have neurons that are not firing when they need to or whatever, you could do all the therapy you want, but it may not help. So if you go to therapy, keep going. If you feel like your therapist is not working for you, drop them like a hot potato. You know, if you're someone who can who can go through your executive functioning problems and not need medication, good on you. I did not need it for 40 years. I had absolutely um, I had absolutely no problem doing my executive functioning stuff daily. And then my dad died. And I fell apart. Like I, re- he was my best friend. He was my, he was my dad, you know. Um, and that kind of messed me up. <laughs> and I was messed up for quite a while. So after that, I ended up losing a lot of people in my life in very quick, rapid succession. And it was over 20 people in a two-year period, and a lot of them were immediate family. Um, and that took its toll. So. Now, I take medication for my executive functioning issues and my depression. And uh, I've got to tell you, we've got to end that stigma. If you need medication, you need it, period. If you don't, you don't. But if you do, don't let people make you feel bad because you have to take it. I'm here to tell you that. Um, Believe in yourself enough to know that you're worth it. And I'll tell you. Uh, I take Zoloft and I take Adderall because without those, I do not function. And I'm not even joking. I'm not exaggerating. You can ask my husband. I am useless without those two things. So if you have to take antidepressants to manage it, um, if you have to take medication to manage it, or maybe you need an antipsychotic or something, don't feel guilt. If you were diabetic, you would take insulin. This is no different. So, you know, you can also take um, 
you know, there are plenty of things you can do that can help executive functioning issues too. You can do, uh, you know, in addition to the therapy and medication, you can also, you can also develop some different things. Now, I am a member of several groups on Facebook for executive functioning issues. And one of the things that we all talk about is how bridge tasks really help. And I'm going to tell you what those are in just a second. I'm going to take a sip of my tea. I, too, encourage you to stay hydrated. So bridge tasks are things that we do because um, when you have a task you want to do, it's very big. For example, I need to clean off my coffee table. I've been putting it off for about a week and a half, and usually I try to do it every week. Notice I said try. I try to do it every week. But I'll tell you, some weeks I just don't do it. I've been trying to clean this coffee table every week for a few months now. And, uh, you know, some weeks I'm good. Like clockwork, I can do it. But if I have, if I'm off, if I'm sick that week, if I don't sleep well, lots of things influence, you know, the executive functioning problems. So I'm going to tell you, bridge tasks are amazing. They let you break things up that are big into small chunks of doable action. So this works with any task that you have that you are avoiding. Paying bills, cleaning, self-care, uh, you know, anything you have to do. And what you do is the following. You make a list every morning of everything you have to do before you get out of bed and before you start your day. You get up, you get dressed or take a shower, brush your teeth, you maybe go to the bathroom, you get dressed, right? Simple things, okay? Write those down. Get a piece of paper and a pen, write those down. The reason why is this. If you start your day with a positive correlation to how much you have gotten done, you are more likely to carry that with you throughout your day. So if you're someone who is struggling with executive functioning, part of that is shame. And we need to normalize that and talk about that. Part of that shame is not feeling like you are enough and feeling like before you even start, you're going to fail. How many of us have that, right? So what you want to do is set yourself up to be as successful as possible. So when you have this, this list that you're making, the whole reason why you're making it is because you want to put as many things as you do on a normal basis on that list as possible. Things that are on autopilot, things that you do without thinking of, things that, you know, are just part of your day. You can even put on things like go to work, come home, that kind of thing, right? Because those are each things that you do. And if you check them off, I promise you, you will trick your brain into thinking that you were extra productive that day. So then by the time you see something else on your list and you see visually that you've gotten most of your list done, well, then you only have two or three big tasks to do. And you're more likely to be able to get them done. It's a little trick I've learned uh, that really helps me. And it's something that others have also learned as well. 
So it's something to try. The other thing with bridge tasks is, you remember how when we were kids, we went through this, this thing where we would, um, you know, we had to write in school how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, step by step by step, in case you were someone who had never done it before. So that's kind of what you're doing here. You want to be able to actually write out what you need to do step by step by step. Because if you break it down into a sequence of small actions, you are more likely to get it done. So if I want to organize my email, I write down open laptop, do this, do this, you know, open laptop, open email. You know, start organizing. Organize email for five minutes. That's it. You know, whatever it is, make small tasks. You know, maybe taking a shower is too much. But maybe if you walk to your bathroom door and then you get your towel, and then you go into the bathroom and take off your clothes. You break that down into separate tasks. Well, by the time you're standing there and you don't have your clothes on, you're like, well, I might as well take a shower. It's a lot easier to process it that way than if you don't. And I can tell you, I mean, that it sounds so simple. But our brains are not taught to make things simple. We are taught to complicate this out of everything, right? We love to make things harder on ourselves. It's what we do. So you kind of have to, you know, think about it from a different perspective. That is the easiest way I have personally found uh, in coaching others, in working with others in my own life, how to make executive functioning happen a little easier. It's just one of those things that we do, you know. We have to make our lives as easy as possible because there is so much out there that we have that is just not easy right now. The world is very hard right now. So whatever we can do to help ourselves, right, we want to be able to do that. So I have appreciated getting to talk with you all today. I've appreciated all of you who are listening. Uh, it's such a joy to have you be here. If you're interested in being a guest on my show, I do take guests on the show. I love being able to talk to others and do interviews with people and find out what inspires you and what makes you who you are. If you would like to suggest topics, feel free to message me. If you would like to uh, talk to me about something that you want to give a different perspective on, I'm open to that as well because we don't live inside a vacuum and having advice. Uh, and counsel from people who do not agree with me is also important. So I value you. I hope you've had a great day. I will be back soon, and I absolutely appreciate you for following along. And I'll tell you, uh, if you'd like to keep in touch or you'd like to support the work that I do or you feel like you receive value from it, please feel free 
to like, subscribe, share, follow this. Uh, you're welcome to support my work on Patreon. I also have a blog on Medium. And I am all across social media. And if you want to learn about bringing more mindfulness into how you function as a person, I also have a best-selling book I've written, which is 50 Mindfulness Exercises for Beginners. It's available on Amazon. It will be in paperback nationwide later this year. Feel free to check that out. And if you would like to join me as a client, you can feel free to join my website, uh, contact me through my website or through here. And I look forward to speaking with you. And I hope you have an amazing day. And I hope today that you are productive and are able to get things done. And if not, that's okay too. Have a great day, everyone. Thanks for listening.